0: There we go.
1: Hey, I here we hear. are. <laughs> yeah, man, how's it going?
0: I'm pretty good, man. I can't complain. It's it took a lot to
1: try to figure out how to use Zoom. I hadn't used Zoom in quite a while. <laughs> well, thanks, thanks for taking time to do it, man. Uh, what? Yeah, there we go. There's the video. Looking good, man. Um, oh know, yeah, I, thanks. Let's document this off the top, man. I, I did not plan it this way, but uh, the NCAA tournament's going to get rolling tonight with the uh, play in games. Yeah. Uh, Are you watching it tonight?
0: Oh yeah, probably. I'll I'll definitely be tuning in. Okay. I'll definitely be tuning in. Yeah.
1: I I didn't know if, uh, you know, to me, if I got into the play in game, I I would feel partly like I wasn't in the tournament yet. Like you have to win that one in order to get in.
0: Yeah, true. But this is a part of the tournament though.
1: Technically. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The first round
0: is it's a, it's a field of 68 teams is what they don't tell you. But yeah, yeah. I think if you haven't been there, that the play-in is, to me, is just that much more special because it's like everything's on the line, you know? You're not guaranteed anything.
1: Yeah, and I also think of it from, like, a network standpoint. All those channels are just trying to make more money off of players. At the
0: end of the day, at <laughs> the end of the day.
1: Yeah, uh, I know you from your time at Butler. uh, spent one season there. But yep. to get started from the beginning, man, uh, what's some of your earliest memories playing basketball?
0: <laughs> earliest memories. Oh, man, that's easy. I got my first little Tikes goal, and uh, I just remember dunking it all the time. And I, I had that goal for about two or three years. And once I got a little bit taller, I didn't have to jump or like anything to use it. I went outside and I put it on like this clothesline thing that we had in my backyard and i kind of like um got my dad to like tape it on there so it would be higher right and i just remember always just trying trying to uh run from the the far back of the backyard and and sprint to the rim to see how far i could take off and and dunk (laughs) it so i've been playing basketball since i was about six years old
1: okay yeah yeah um who who were some of your favorite players growing up
0: Man, to to name a few, I would say Ray Allen, Uh, Tracy McGrady, for sure. I had a lot of his jerseys and a lot of his shoes. And I used to watch Ray Allen because I feel like he kind of taught me how to play basketball just from watching all his YouTube videos or how to shoot and his work ethic. And it's funny, I got to meet Ray Allen about six years ago at the American Athletic uh, Conference tournament when I was at Memphis. Wow. And I and I got to I got to talk to him and I and I told him exactly what I just told you about how I watched all his YouTube videos and he was just telling me like man that, he he appreciated that and he was like the only reason you know me is because of that because I worked so hard to get to where I am today so you can know who Ray Allen is and that was a a moment I w- I won't ever forget
1: I bet, man. Uh I always liked him and uh he got game. You know, getting to meet Jesus Shellsworth is a cool thing <laughs> on its, on itself. I didn't but, look at it that way. <laughs> you know, I I was a big fan of Reggie Miller growing up, who who I Ray mean, Allen you're... eventually passed, you know, as as the leading shooter. So Yeah. Um Did you grow up in Indianapolis? I did, man. I was a Pacers fan through and through had, I mean, you kinda yeah. have to be, yeah. But see being a Pacers fan, I'm also disappointed by like the Bulls and the Cavaliers. I've, I've had my heart broken by you know first Michael Jordan and now LeBron over and over again. <laughs> you know, <so>. yeah, <laughs> that, that's so let the me Let me
0: ask you this quick question: Which heartbreak yeah. has been worse, from Jordan or from LeBron?
1: See, I was too young to really take the full bit of Jordan, you know, and, and, his heartbreak. So, but I've been alive and well to witness LeBron and his domination from the time that I've been in eighth grade till now, <laughs> he's been kicking the Pacers' yeah. ass. So yeah. uh, in, in your mind, uh, most people do boil it down to LeBron or Michael uh, who's, right. the, who's the greatest of all time in, in your view.
0: I always answer this question this way and <laughs> hear me out. Okay. Jordan is the GOAT. LeBron is the boat the best of all time and I say that because (laughs) I don't think LeBron James can reach a level of greatness and if you hear some clacking that's my husky in the background he's I don't think LeBron can reach that level of greatness from like the the media nobody talked about Jordan like like they do LeBron he had he he wasn't like scrutinized like LeBron is clothing shoes apparel Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. LeBron would never sell that much merch as, you know, from his own brand. And you got the 6 for 6. Nobody can ever say Jordan lost in the finals. <laughs> so I just think that level of greatness is going to it's it's, you know, it's far fetched in people's mind to reach Jordan. Like, oh, LeBron, he didn't he he soft. He he left teams, he left this, he left that. You know what I'm saying? So, but I look at it as LeBron is the best player of all time. There is no player more complete than LeBron James, mm-hmm. in my opinion. What about you? How do you feel about it boy that?
1: uh Lebron's the best player I've ever seen. I mean it period you same, know same. like like he wins the eye test too, like if you had Michael Jordan and him on the same floor, again, I grew up with, with uh you know LeBron, but personally he wins the eye test to me. Uh, if oh, you had no to, if you had to ask God to create a basketball player, I think he would look like LeBron James.
0: Yeah, he looked just like him.
1: Yeah, and do you see him winning another championship? I mean, <laughs> the Lakers are sort of in dire straits right now. So. Yeah,
0: I, I think uh, I think it's possible. I don't know if it's possible in LA. I kind of question Anthony Anthony uh, Anthony Davis's um, what's the word I'm looking for. I ain't gonna. I don't want to say his toughness, but his build. I don't. I don't know if he can stay healthy, consistent, uh, or long enough to to compete for an NBA championship, especially with you know Durant moving to the West. Denver's good now. You always have to worry about the Warriors. Mm. It's it's you know Giannis is still what twenty seven. The, the, <laughs> yeah. the Celtics are great uh embiid and harden are, are figuring it out. So I think it's just a long road to a championship in the NBA for LeBron at least.
1: You know what surprises me? I think Miles Turner is still not 30 yet. Like he's still 28, it's 29. It's
0: insane. <laughs> it's insane. I actually
1: when I when I yeah. came to visit Butler and uh,
0: I can't remember whose house we went to first, but Miles Turner was there. Oh and okay. I and I and I met him and he was he was in like he played for the Pacers at the time and he asked me how old I was, and I told him. He was like, wow, I'm still 19. I said, what?
1: <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, you finally got paid by the Pacers. But um, we're going to get into your recruitment at Butler and all that. But uh, your initial recruitment, talk about that. Like, when did you first start getting notice for your game?
0: It took a while, man. I was a very late bloomer. I was a very late bloomer. I I didn't get, you know – I felt like recruitable until my senior year of high I didn't get recruitable until my senior year of high school. And then I only had one scholarship offered to Southeastern Louisiana. Okay. And I had to go there and I went there and I just didn't feel like it was right for me, the right place or a place I wanted to be, you know, I kind of had to settle for it. So I decided to go to junior college and be recruited again, give myself a chance to be recruited by by other schools. So I went there for a year and a half, and I I got recruited by a lot of major schools. I had some high major schools in there, um, but I ultimately decided to go to to go to Memphis just because it was my dream school. Honestly, I had I grew up a Tiger fan.
1: I do want to ask, uh, about your, uh, community college experience, uh, just to connect mm-hmm. the dot because you're from Waynesboro, uh, Mississippi, and you went to Correct. East Mississippi, which mm-hmm. is that the same school from the last chance you series. Okay. I didn't know if it was okay. or not. Um, yep. so are they known for basketball? And that sort of thing, too? Is there just a football powerhouse
0: there? It's actually both. And at the time that I went there, they had a bunch of different guys on the basketball team being recruited at a high level. So uh, my first practice, Bob Huggins was there from West Virginia. And then the second day, the assistant coach from Gonzaga was in the building. In, in little old school with Mississippi, so I'm like, I'm seeing that I'm like, man, I got a chance. So it was kind of like motivation for me to see that uh, these guys are being recruited. And I was I was redshirted at the time, so I didn't do anything but practice. I didn't get to play in games or travel. yeah, So I'm seeing all these coaches come in and out, and, you know, those two coaches was just – to name a few like it was it was far more coaches than I can probably remember that 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 would come through even even on the football side it it was nothing to see Nick Saban or uh the coach at Mississippi State at the time Uh, I can't remember Dan Mullen it was nothing to see those guys walking around on campus trying to find uh somebody
1: did you watch the series yourself Uh, absolutely yeah I
0: know a couple guys that that were on the, the the series
1: okay um, and what'd you think of? Uh, they did basketball too. Uh, East LA, what'd you think of that program? Didn't watch
0: it, didn't uh, watch it, <laughs> didn't watch it. I couldn't connect to it.
1: Yeah, that's that's fair enough. Probably probably brings back some bad memories. I wouldn't want to be yeah. in that situation, but um, Memphis, uh, you got there. I, I was thinking about it first. John Calipari was there and had that whole thing with Derrick Rose, and, and now they have Penny there, but you were kind of in between that whole thing. Uh, How would you describe your experience at Memphis while you were there?
0: I think I got there at the end of an era. Uh, I think I got there at the end of Josh Pastner's tenure. So he kind of dealt with a lot more stress than any normal NCAA college coach probably would want to deal with. Uh, (laughs) We weren't playing up to expectation. He had, you know, a lot of pressure to get, you know, some hometown kids in school and he ended up having to make some promises For those recruits, you know, they hired, I don't know if you remember Dedrick Lawson and Keelan Lawson, they ended up going to Memphis and transferring to Kansas, but they had, I I don't want to say they had to, but they hired their dad on staff for them to, you know, highly titled recruits to come there. So it was kind of like a lot of mixed pieces. Um, But overall, I just, I'm kind of sad internally that, you know, it's going to be the Memphis, I played on the Memphis team that nobody's going to talk about, you know, really mm-hmm. because of, you know, we didn't win at a, you know, a, a high level. And uh we definitely had the talent. We definitely had the talent. I mean, that's probably the most talented team that I played on uh, of all teams that I've played on that, that Memphis team, but we just couldn't figure it out for whatever reason. uh We just couldn't figure it out to, to win at a high level, but you know, it's, it's, it's so special to me that I got to live a dream that that I actually got to play and graduate from my dream school so it mm. it always it always means a lot
1: what are some life lessons that you take away just as a student athlete
0: uh you got to be resilient you got to be yeah. resilient and persistent uh if if you want to make something out of it because it's not always going to go your way class is hard uh practice mm. is hard So, I mean, if you really want to to make the most of your college experience, you have to be able to deal with, you know, rejection, deal with being benched, deal with uh, all types of different things to be successful. And you can't let it stop you. You got to You got to keep moving forward, accept your role, whatever your role may be. Uh, And you got You got to be you have to be good in the classroom because there is a standard within the NCAA that, Hey, if you don't have this GPA, you can't play. (laughs) And it's just, it's just as simple as that. So uh, I think you have to be resilient and persistent in what
1: you want. And it's all about what you want out of your college experience too. So as far as an educational standpoint, I, I've read horrible things about like North Carolina, at Chapel Hill, forcing players to take Swahili so they can stay eligible. I mean, was there was there anything like that where you were limited in what you could pursue because of basketball and the commitments that you had? I would say yes
0: because I initially wanted to my and this my first school messed me up with that. I wanted to get into sport medicine- no physical therapy I wanted to get into physical therapy, but they didn't have it at the program, so I ended up having to take uh something else and then I transferred to uh junior college graduated from there with general studies you know they didn't have a a specific degree there for me to obtain so I went to Memphis and it was just like well if you do physical therapy you'll be here four or five years I'm just like well I'm just gonna do sport and leisure management and uh I I did that and uh, I got my degree in sport and leisure management but I I do understand why some colleges would have their athletes in Swahili or yeah. whatever the case may be. Cause some of those schools, Hey, look, you only going to be here for a year or two right. and we want to make this easy for you. So you can, you know, focus more of your time on basketball.
1: What would you say was a typical day for you from start to finish to give people context of like just how loaded your schedule was,
0: man, I would say uh class at 8.00 AM. I do remember my Memphis schedule pretty easily uh, class at 8.00 AM class at nine 30.00. Then I would get out of that class at 11 and I would go eat, Uh, probably didn't even eat breakfast because, you know, who's waking up an hour or two hours before 8 a.m.? I'm waking up in enough time to brush my teeth, wash my face and get to class on time. So I would eat around 11, practice at practice at one. So I would take a cat nap and go to practice at one to probably about three thirty four o'clock study hall afterwards but you have once you uh obtain a certain gpa you you don't have uh you don't have to go to study hall anymore so i i had that gpa and i got out of study hall but after that you know it's just i got homework i got stuff to do for for the next day so it's like okay let me after practice at you know four i get out at four let me ice my knees or get in the ice tub and stretch so i'm out of the gym probably like five and after five i go home shower probably got some homework paper to write this or that so i'm in the bed probably about nine when i get done with everything that i gotta do so and i was i would say it's pretty
1: hard to maintain a social life you know doing all of that stuff i was gonna say man doesn't leave a lot of time for girlfriends or or anything of that sort you know no nah, not at all <laughs> um was social media a, a big problem being a basketball player i mean when it when it's going well it might be cool but when it's going poorly it's it's a little distracting
0: oh man that's a great question that is a great question i, I want to hear your thoughts on what you think well, about uh, social media
1: well I, i'm only going off the experience that i can take from from joey uh joey Brunk being a butler but yeah, that's uh, my guy you know uh I, I saw, you know, when things are going well, <laughs> he's getting, you know, he's trending in town and when things are going poorly, you know, everybody's talking about him good right, or otherwise on the radio and everything else. Right. So right. It's, it's unfair. I think to let a kid 18 to 22 be, be the subject <laughs> of, of what's going on, but that that's what it is, especially in Indiana. Uh, we're, we're basketball crazy, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see much of it at Butler. Um, just, yeah. I, I guess because we won at a at a high level, winning fixes fixes everything in sports. Yeah, <laughs> it, and Pete, you hear people say that, and you don't realize it until you are losing. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> that winning does fix everything. But when I was at Memphis, man, I those fans are tough. I'm not, I'm not even gonna lie to you. <laughs> and I had to, and social media then wasn't even as big as it is now. You know what I mean? Like, I would, you know, just be. I would get bored sometimes and go search my name on Twitter and see what people were saying. And sometimes you really have to get away from that. Like, (laughs) you really cannot do that because people will drag you. People will say you stink, you suck. I've had DMs after lost games. You can't shoot and all this wild stuff. And it's Uh it's kind of crazy that people take sport that they're not playing as serious as they do. You know, you hear people all the time saying they get death threats and people have to deactivate their accounts. And that's nowadays, you know, I don't deal with it so much nowadays, but it's kind of just insane that, <laughs> that people take it that
1: far. Well, I and I was talking to uh, Tyler Weidman about it and I said, like, it has to be difficult for you to take criticism from people that have never played basketball at that level. Like, it's not the same thing. <laughs>
0: Come on man, come yeah. on. And and then, or somebody that's not even athletic. Like yeah. you sit you sit behind your your Twitter account eating donuts all day
1: and you think you can call <laughs> me trash. Like imagine that. Yeah. Imagine that, bro. Um also I this would get to me just because uh and maybe maybe when you're on the court it doesn't seem that way but was the pressure playing on national TV, playing on CBS, ESPN you know, a place that everyone can access. <laughs>
0: oh, I I didn't I necess- I didn't necessarily feel any pressure to be honest. Like when when I was in a game, that's one of the places or the few moments in life where you can just really be in the moment. Because to me, the game was so big and the game meant so much to me that I didn't think about the crowd. I didn't I didn't think about the cameras or anything. I didn't see like I you know I visually I saw, it, but in my mind I didn't see it. Like it was mm-hmm. it was more about winning the game or you. Know, you know, just playing the best that I could uh to win the game. It was never about t v or or anything like that. You know you obviously feel the energy from the crowd uh but even when the crowd talk- people screaming down at the court, I don't hear it like I'm just that focused in the game or or that much in the moment that i don't I don't pay attention to things like that.
1: Was it easy to hear teammates on the floor, or did it get loud? <laughs>
0: it uh it just depends it just depends okay. uh like play calls, I would you know own the your coaches in on defense and once they score and we get a rebound, he yells out of play, or you're on the coaches you're on your coach's side on offense so he can yell to play so right. or you know you got hand signals and all of those different types of things and but yeah, I mean, if something needed to be said it was nothing to get in touch with one of my teammates to figure out what the
1: hell I needed to be doing. Um and and forgive me. There's been a a revolving door at Butler for coaches. Did Holtman Holtman recruit you originally? And you played under him?
0: Yes, I did. Uh, the first coach I heard from though was Ryan Peden. He's at uh Illinois State now. Okay. Ryan Peden? Yeah, I think he's at Illinois. He's the head coach at Illinois State now. But he was the first one to actually call me. Okay. Uh, I was actually fishing at the time. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he called me while I was fishing, and I was, uh, I didn't answer the phone, because I didn't, it was a Cincinnati number, and I'm like, hmm, I wonder who this could be, and then I I, I got the voice, I listened to the voicemail, I'm like, oh, it's Butler, okay, wow,
1: <laughs> yeah, all right. So had you heard of Butler before being recruited? Absolutely,
0: yeah, okay. I watched uh, I watched them play in the tournament when they had uh, Kellen Dunham and Rose Jones, and. Andrew Shrabish, Tyler, Keelan, uh, when uh, Big Cat and Keelan were, were uh, sophomores. or f- Yeah, I think they were sophomores. So I, right. I I had watched them before, and obviously everybody knows about Gordon Hayward, Shelvin Mack, and Matt Howard and them. So uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm, a, I'm a bit of a basketball nerd. So I, I pretty much know of just about every school in the country.
1: Well, and I feel like it would be pressure, too, to play at Butler because there wasn't football in the fall and Mm -hmm. you're also uh, joey told me this you're also the biggest money grab for the school and it pays for everything else i mean how no question i mean how much of that was factoring into your mind game to game oh man it's something you knew though it's something you
0: absolutely knew because once you get to campus it's you know, people cherish the Hinkle Field House. It's everything the people on campus at <laughs> Butler and the people at Indianapolis who are Butler fans. If you if you're a Hoosier, you don't give a damn, you know. But uh yeah. uh-huh. all the Butler fans, have you seen Hinkle? Have you been to Hinkle yet? Have how was Hinkle? How was Hinkle? You know, people love that place. And you, you know, you feel it once you get in there and you get on that court and you start playing. You you know, you can connect to the history. So you know that basketball is the draw on campus and you know how special that program is to those people and uh I would say it, I didn't feel like I said I didn't feel any pressure man I just right I just I only got to be there one year too so you know maybe if I had been there multiple years I would really know the full extent of it but having been there one year it was just like I'll try to take in as much as I possibly could uh while I was there
1: is that tough too being there only one year
0: Yes, man, it was extremely right. tough because, like, the season was over with just like that. Yeah. It was over. Right. And it was like, damn, I don't get another turn. I don't get another swing. I don't get – and then, like, soon as the season's over, it's just like right. you're looking around like you got your everyday schedule, you got practice, you got team meetings, you got – you're hanging out with your boys, and now everybody – you know, seniors kind of just go their separate ways while – they start back practicing again and you just on the outside
1: looking in, it sucks. Right. I mean, the thing that gets to me is these old, these old folks will say there's something to be said about loyalty and sticking with your school. Like just go where the best opportunity is for you. Isn't that what we're all trying to do for us eventually? Like, I I don't understand this uh, need to stay loyal to laundry. You know, I I don't get that. (laughs) Yeah. Facts. Facts.
0: I, um, you know, everybody looks at my situation and they're like, oh man, you moved from this school to that school to that right. school. But I, I honestly felt like I had a reason to move to each place that I did. My first school, it was the only scholarship I had. So what else I'm going to do? Yeah. I wanted to give myself another chance to actually be recruited. Who doesn't want to be recruited? Okay. I go to EMCC and it's like, that's a two-year school. You can't stay there. Right for a long time the 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 point is to leave so i signed with memphis and i played there and after my junior year it was a mass exodus Mm. head coach leaves all the assistants leave and i'm just like well i'm gonna leave too i want (laughs) to jump on a train that's already moving i want to play in the ncaa tournament so i mean i still love i still love memphis with all my heart but it was just like do i want to sacrifice my senior year to kind of rebuild in a sense
1: well, and Joey dealt with this. Is it tough to play for a coach that you're not his guy? You weren't recruited by him. I feel like that would be tough to, you know.
0: Yeah, that you see that so much, man. You see, and and nowadays I feel like it's worse because coaches can get a job and they can rebuild. They can rebuild a full team through the transfer portal. They don't need any of the kids that's coming back. Hey, all y'all, all y'all. Can go find a new school. I'm finna get in this portal. I'm finna get me ten guys. I just saw Southern Miss do it, because last year they went over. I think they won maybe six games all year. Right. This year they win twenty (laughs) five.
1: Well, but see, does it impact younger players or uh, veteran players more? Because I through the transfer portal, you could get ten grown men and not have to recruit nineteen year olds anymore.
0: I talked to a coach not too long ago. I'm not gonna say his name or where he coaches at, but he said nobody wants the high school kid anymore. Yeah, because I can go in this portal and I can go get an I can go get somebody who's done it before who knows how to operate on the college campus. So I think it's it's unless you're an ESPN top 100 kid who gets all the attention it's kind of it's kind of gonna be hard to be a, a a late bloomer in high school trying to find a, a big time scholarship unless you're just that special because nowadays you can go get mississippi state's backup point guard who they don't like who you know didn't play much and wants a a new a change of scenery Let me, let's hmm. just go get him
1: i was trying to think too. you as a point guard like you're running the show <laughs> You're you're trying to get people in the right place what are some plays that
0: got you hype in a game, man. Uh, plays got me hype. I, I think I think when everybody's kind of just in unison and the ball moves, you know, yeah. we're sharing the ball. That I like that that part of the game where everybody's kind of touching it and everybody's, you know, a part of something. Cause I've been on teams where I just stood in the corner for ninety percent of the game. You know, I probably <laughs> I probably got in Got got the ball or got involved about ten percent of the game, but right. you know, and it's kind of hard. You got to trick yourself to always be locked in and and play your role. You know what I mean. So, my favorite part of the game and gets gets me hype is when everybody's kind of contributing and everybody's energy level is high. Because I I'm kind of I'm very empathetic, so I feel when somebody else isn't doing something. Word. So yeah. if such and such having a bad game I feel that and I kind of want I would want him to like
1: hey pick it up let's go type stuff did you ever have someone who was selfish and took away from the team element on the floor I'm sure you <laughs> I mean but you know what I'm saying man it can drag down an entire unit
0: yeah absolutely it can and I've seen coaches yeah. that ride with guys like that just because coaches feel like <laughs> that guy needs more attention he needs more support then works his ass off every day who don't need somebody to kind of push him and me and Joey Brunkett talked about this a lot from his college experience how you know coaches kind of give the guy who don't go as hard but he's extremely talented like he's got all the talent but just no work ethic doesn't want to be in practice don't want to heart like the only thing he wants to do is play games right and they give them that much more support but the guy that comes in every day, ready to work, but maybe not as talented. He don't get as many shots and he's not as involved because the coach is like, well, he's self-motivated. He don't need to be, I don't need to be boosting him up or, you know, supporting him as much as the guy who has got all this talent, but a poor work ethic. It's kind of, it's kind of reverse psychology, man.
1: Well, and something that would always be frustrating to me is because I know Joey's capable of scoring more is like, When you're a post player, you're dependent on a guard getting you the ball. I mean, um, was it sort of frustrating to have to fulfill a role that you weren't necessarily comfortable with or you're dependent on someone else to to get to that point, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, I I would say so. And I just, if I could go back to my recruitment, I would just ask the questions that I didn't ask in my past. I would just ask him what what role do you see me playing on this team? You know, I I would just ask him, so you know shooting is my best ability. Am I just gonna be a guy that stands and, and spaces the floor for other guards to penetrate? Or am I gonna be a shooter that you actually use? It's a difference. Right. It's a difference in basketball. So I would I would just ask more questions because uh shooting nowadays is is kinda yeah people use it more than they did but back when I played I was more of a spacer guy like stand right here on the wing or in the corner and pass the ball to the post and stay ball side so they don't dig that type of guy you know what I mean
1: yeah well and here's the reality about recruiting and just college sports in general that I didn't realize aren't scholarships sort of renewed year to year I mean as much as they want to say it's not competition based you are playing for your spot year after year aren't you
0: you absolutely are and that's that's what again like you said that's a that's something that they don't tell you and they may not even bring up un, unless right. uh they want to get rid of you but you got to be that much of a problem or a nuisance for somebody to say you know what we're not even renewing your scholarship you go you go find somewhere else to play you really got to do that to yourself because you know during my my college tenure i i didn't anybody say hey we're new we're renewing your scholarship this year i never heard that
1: no okay uh do you have a pregame ritual are you i have to do this or something's gonna cool. go wrong i
0: didn't you know what uh, you know players are so superstitious and i'm one of them If <laughs> i had a bad game i'm throwing that pregame routine in the trash <laughs> if <laughs> If I had a good game, let's try to do the same. Let's try to eat the same thing. Let's try to stretch the same way. Let's try to take the same pregame shots uh-huh. until this pregame routine busts. So I was pretty. I was willing to pivot on, on pregame routines. I wasn't loyal to any pregame routine. If you help me, I help you, you know, type thing. So if I had a bad game, to hell with that pregame routine. We're going to mix it up.
1: Uh, as far as, uh, as long as I've known him, Joey's always had a peanut butter uh, sandwich before the game. What was a uh, pregame meal you typically have? Mm,
0: that's tough. I would say some type of pasta. I would always eat pasta before the game. Uh, even overseas when I would have games, I, I it, unless the game was early, which I, I doubt it ever is because they play it uh, 7 or 8 p.m over there overseas so yeah. it was it would always be some type of pasta
1: okay yeah. um and you said uh you're playing are you still playing internationally Avery or no
0: yeah I not currently because you know in November I broke my foot so oh. I came home to rehab so now I'm just waiting on an opportunity to go finish the season I've I've heard from a few teams but uh no, nothing has transpired yet i it's still 2 months left of the season and it's going to be it's summer leagues in canada and new zealand so it's it's going to be opportunities opportunities to come forth i just got to stay yeah. patient and stay in shape
1: the uh the nba typically runs from like october to june uh with the finals and everything yep. does uh are the international leagues about the same as far as mm. the calendar or, no or can it you change? over there from august to may 10 months <laughs> Okay. Wow. Yeah.
0: Ten months. So, yeah, it's a, it's the long haul. Yeah. All
1: right. Uh, where where have you played to this point in your career?
0: Uh, Greece, Finland, Sweden, Ukraine, wow.
1: and Belgium. Is it tough to go from place to place? There's not a lot of stability and like they probably don't even offer multi-year contracts they in, don't. in those leagues, do they? That's the sad yeah. part.
0: Unless yeah. you go there and play extremely well, Uh, or get hurt. They like if you had if let's say I played all year there and I got hurt, you know, severely for the last game. Right, they'd be willing to bring you back, but it'd probably be at the same price because you know teams don't like to pay more for the player. So if I played well here for this dollar, Uh you go get money from somewhere else. We're gonna pay the next guy the same amount you just made. So they there a lot of teams aren't willing to give you extra money because overseas if you play well that means you're probably going to get a better job it's kind of like you work your way up the pyramid so uh they don't uh do multi-year contracts that much but it's they are out there for sure
1: well and just in regard to compensation um do you get i've heard this do you have like all of your bills paid for too like it's not just salary you get all your bills paid for so essentially you're living your life uh when you're not playing basketball
0: yeah i mean it's a very normal lifestyle i would say it okay. would be just like working a, a job but it's it's basketball you know you they do pay for your apartment and they give sometimes they give you a car it just depends on where you go okay and the only thing you pay for is really food and gas and whatever bills you may have at home, you know what i mean? So mm-hmm. uh it can it can be a very nice lifestyle, but it's stressful. It's a very <laughs> stressful, lonely lifestyle. Like you have to accept that and and work around that and be tough enough mentally not to fold with uh all the pressure that it comes with and being lonely or not having personal support there with you. It's it's a it's a very tough lifestyle, I would say.
1: What's the uh, language barrier like? I feel like that would be tough, too. The only language barrier I really s-
0: had was Ukraine. Like, people don't really speak English, if at all. Okay. And, you know, when I was in Ukraine. But, you know, Finland is a very modern country. Sweden, Belgium, they were all modern countries that, you know, most people will speak English. Most people. So yeah. it was it was just like, okay, this isn't so bad.
1: It's freaking cold, but it's, it's not <laughs> so bad. Joey's talked about uh Pizza Hut and Poland and stuff I mean the fast food tastes the same uh right It's now.
0: actually better
1: uh oh. I guess yeah, because I think
0: Europe has regulations on what you can put in food, and I don't think america <laughs> I don't think America does I think in America, you could just hey as long as it don't kill 'em right, you can put it in there <laughs> like if it you they'll probably you know gain a little bit of weight but uh you know it's it's just it's just different regulations about what you can put in food which is kind of crazy if you think about it
1: well and with all the different places that you've lived abroad that things are certainly crazy in the in the US right now i mean would you want to move to a different place entirely if if you could if
0: if i had to i could for sure uh i think when you're going from the US uh you 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 look back at where you're from and you see the news and the media and how they cover certain things and it, it kind of changed your perspective on America, you know. Um you gotta be careful with how much media you consume is is what I'm saying. Uh because <laughs> yeah. if you if you on the outside looking in and I've talked to Europeans um about that and they just say, Man, America is just so unsafe. And I'm like, I haven't had any problems. You know, I, I live my everyday life pretty much unbothered. You know what I mean? So it's just like the media tell you the sky's falling in America. You know what I mean? It's just Not like wrong. what well, so I'm 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 sitting at home right now, just like ain't, ain't nothing ain't shit going
1: on. Oh man. So well, it, it see, I, I come from that business, man, and it's it's 24 hours, you know, and then, then we're on to the next thing. Like nothing. Nothing stays in the cycle anymore because it's just about generating headlines, you know. What
0: what part of the, the media like what was your position within the media?
1: Well, I, I grew up in it, man. My my dad was a uh, singer and entertainer, and then I went on oh, really to uh U to uh do radio and TV and had a little bit I was a producer in Indy for a year uh before I that job crapped out um that's the other thing there's like no stability in media yeah. too so like <laughs> you're stressed while you have your job and then even when you don't have your job you're stressing about it because you just have to tune in It's you know it's part of daily life here you know
0: so what um yeah that's 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 interesting that you say that what how do you make it within media is it just knowing people <laughs> i was just about to
1: say the yeah. amount of networking that
0: you do to to know people and get in touch with people and Hell,
1: interviewing you if if joey wasn't my cousin it would be a lot more difficult to probably get you on the show um you know that everything that i've grown up with to this point i've tried to use uh to the best of my ability but yeah it's it's not easy if you don't have a rolodex to to call upon man.
0: yeah yeah and and the media is just it's so scary now man and i know i, I can get on a tangent about off topic <laughs> about stuff but the media can really change your perception on things or change your understanding. And it's so sick nowadays that we take just about all of our news and our information from a cell phone, from social media It's sick.
1: Well, and not, not to blame one side, but there are people that watch Fox news, you know, half of the country will say, yeah, let's, let's hear what Russia has to say. No, (laughs) like we, we can't be, taking in fascist talking points and pretending like it's a good idea <laughs> like come on now
0: you know yeah so. it's it's so hard to form your own like for people to form their own opinion nowadays
1: yeah everybody's got one um <laughs> <as> far <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um let's talk about uh the I, I don't know if we got into it uh the ncaa tournament obviously getting started tonight um but what do you recall about playing in the tournament man like that that had to have been a big deal because most you may not ever get back once you get an opportunity. I would say that it's
0: the best form of basketball that I've played at. I don't think any, you know, overseas or high school, you know, I I think the state state championship was special, but the NCAA tournament, it's just got a different feel. It's got a different energy. It's got a different uh, tone, vibe to it you know you show up and you practice and you realize that hey this could be it and I think every team is why you see so many upsets year to year is every team feels that that this could be it this is our one shot this is our one chance Mm -hmm. to to play at this level and you know that's where the magic happens I know you've seen you've watched some wild things where somebody hits a half court buzzer beater or (laughs) a team come down from 25 and win the game or Arizona loses to Buffalo. It's just so much wild stuff that goes on in the tournament. And I think it's just all I think it's the feeling that it gives you of this could be it. This is our one chance, one shot uh to to play in this this tournament. You know, some people, some people get to play in it all the time, but once you get there, you'll realize like this is not normal. You know, this is this is a special opportunity that we have to play this game.
1: Well, and was it emotional for you when ultimately you were knocked out of the tournament? Was, man, now now it's over, you know?
0: Yeah, it's because I sucked. It was my last NCAA game. and We played North Carolina, which they ended up winning the national championship, so I can't be too mad. Right. But I was like 3-4-11, 2 for 8 for, It was awful. I was bad. And that part was the hardest to live down. Like, I let all my teammates down when it – you know, if I go six for eleven, we probably have a chance to win the game. You right. know, so that I think that part about it was hard, and just knowing that, hey, my career is over. And, you know, you got to deal with that too.
1: Yeah, well, and I've talked to other athletes on the show. It probably felt like you lost a job once. Uh, once the playing Facts. career was over, like, how did it change your? day-to-day as a student athlete you're probably like i got all this time <laughs> yeah man it's like like you said it feel
0: like you lost your job I, I never thought about it that way but that's exactly the feeling that i felt uh not having practice anymore not because once it's over it's all it's like the coaches just well uh thanks <laughs> and they go they they go find the next you so right, right. i think that part of it's hard you know the ncaa doesn't necessarily give you a uh Let's say a uh, an exit plan right. or or a safety net. Like once it's over, you're done. You go find a job and you go live the 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 rest of your life with this degree that that you earned. You know so, and I I would say that basketball creates so much of your social your social identity. You know what I mean? Like everybody loves you when you're contributing and winning games. You hear from everybody, and once the season's over with, it's like shit goes dark like damn where are my friends at where are the fans at where where did everybody go you know what i mean that's kind of like the feeling you get sometimes do you
1: feel like you could call on one of your coaches to help you out if you needed it
0: Uh yes i could but you know i've i've hit some of my coaches up you know just checking on them just you know right. kind of touching base and they act i don't understand why okay. coaches act this way like they short text you to the point to where it's like, all right, I appreciate you hitting me up. Bye. It's it's just <laughs> like they seem like they just so damn busy, like, and they when you hit them up, it's like, no, I ain't got no jobs, right? Like they immediately think you want something from them. Like you can't just hit them up to see how they doing. Like it's kind of weird the way coaches <laughs> act. That's just me, that's me in my opinion. Now I'm not saying all coaches are like that, but you know sometimes coaches can be a little iffy. Like why are you? acting like that like i'm just checking i'm just checking in like why are you trying to hurry me off the phone it's kind of weird man
1: well and you know they're they're dealing with their own million dollar contract that they're trying to keep oh
0: so. what a burden
1: <laughs> yeah yeah so occupied with my millions of dollars uh right. joey and i laughed too that like archie got paid 10 million to not coach at indiana or something like that. I forget what his settlement was, but it was it was multi millions of dollars to not coach at Indiana. Yeah, so. just to
0: get out, just to get out of your contract, and let's go hire somebody else. Just to bring Woodson in, so you know,
1: and we'll see how it goes th- this March with with them. So they've
0: played, they've played
1: okay. They've been pretty good this year, though.
0: They've been pretty good. Pretty the good. The Hoosiers
1: have the Hoosiers have. Yeah, and uh, produce a number one seed, having to play so. I don't know. We'll we'll have to see, man. Uh, Have you been watching a team? you have a favorite going into this tournament?
0: I think Alabama, from what I've seen of the the teams, Alabama seems to be the most complete team. They got the best player in the NCAA in Brandon Miller, I think, and then the best supporting cast. Yeah. Two, you know, three good guards that can get downhill and create and shoot. Two legit bigs. some wings that can rebound and defend. So I, I think they're the most complete team. Houston kind of showed their hand in, in, against Memphis a little bit, yeah. showing that they can they can be outplayed and out-hustled and game-planned against. Uh, I, Purdue just produced the only number one seed
1: that I look at,
0: and it's like I could see them losing early.
1: Oh, people are terrified that Memphis is going to come in and just – be way more athletic than them and beat
0: them i think that they should be afraid to play memphis if they i don't know who they got first that which i'm assuming they'll win yeah but they yeah. should be afraid to see an athletic experienced memphis team mm-hmm. in the second round i i I think that's a a tough matchup to have for the second
1: round of the tournament that's kind of crazy Matt Painter's not going anywhere, but I think he's a little nervous to have some some postseason success. So we'll we'll see what happens. We'll
0: yeah, see. he's been there forever. He like you said, he's not going anywhere.
1: Um, Avery, to wrap this up, man, what um are you hoping to be a coach in the future? What's what's some of your future ambitions?
0: Man, I I would say so. Man, I I genuinely enjoy just being in the gym because uh, I train kids uh, whenever I'm not you know, whenever I'm not playing and it's, I want to be in the gym all the time. And when I'm working out, like yeah, sometimes I have to check the clock because sometimes I get so in the workout or so enamored with helping people get better at the game of basketball that I lose track of time. It may be two hours going by if somebody don't, you know, tap me on the shoulder and say, Hey, you've been in here too long. It's yeah. that type of feeling and passion that I have for basketball. So I I do see myself coaching. I just don't know what level I'd like to pursue yet just because college is so political um to actually get in to actually get into coaching is kind of I don't want to say extreme because it's you know it's not extreme but you got to know the right people the, the certain people have to trust you to to be able to give you an opportunity so it's it's a lot that goes into it but i definitely see myself around the game of basketball for a, a long time to come for sure
1: well it's something else i was excited about man because i'm a podcasting nerd uh you have your own podcast is that right
0: yeah sure. absolutely absolutely
1: yeah plug it for us What is it uh
0: about? yeah my my podcast is called from one to another it's on apple music spotify wherever you can find uh podcast I I started it uh just because I I I like to sit down and talk about certain things and I called it from one to another just because you know a lot of motivation and uh a lot of motivation that people get come from other people you know it's it's other people's stories or perspectives that that we receive that we apply to our own lives so I try to I just try to get people on and talk to them about their stories and their, you know, perspectives on different things, just, you know, just to get it out there and, uh, cause it it may help somebody else. Uh, we've all been through certain things. We've all been through, uh, adversity struggles, good times, bad times, and Mm. to be able to share that for somebody else to listen is something I feel like I could be doing, you know?
1: Yeah. Everybody's got a story, man. You and I are in agreement there. Uh, yeah. How can folks reach out and uh, contact you if they feel compelled?
0: Uh, campaign underscore AVE on Instagram, Avery Woodson on Facebook. Follow the podcast on Instagram at from one to another. Uh, and that, that's about it. I'm not putting my cell phone number on here. But <laughs>
1: sure.
0: That's how you can reach, me, reach <laughs> me on social media.
1: Fair enough, man. Thank you for being here. Awesome to talk with you, man.
0: Oh, man, no problem. I'm, I'm going to have to get you on my podcast one day, Jimmy, when you're not so busy, bro.
1: <laughs> Anytime, my man. Hey, folks, to hear this again, you can check out my website, jbkonair.com. You can also get the show anywhere that you podcast by searching JBK, And until next time, have a great day and a better tomorrow.